Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 58 called Whitney. Okay guys, so it is National Infertility Awareness Week. So I have a huge episode for you guys today. I'm super excited about it. I had to pull out the big guns. We have a huge celebrity. Whitney Port is on the show today. So I'm sure you guys remember Whitney from MTV's The Hills and The City. I know I watched every episode of both those shows and loved them so much. But a lot has changed since Whitney was on that show. She got married to Timmy, the love of her life. She became an entrepreneur. She started a podcast called With Wit. She had a son named Sonny. So we talk about that, how we both have Sonnies. And anyway, today she's going to share a lot about motherhood and the miscarriage that she had that rocked her world and how it brought up all these feelings of guilt and confusion and heartbreak and selfishness. And it's a really great conversation. She's real AF. And I just want to thank her so much for being on my show. So without further ado, this is Whitney's infertility story. Whitney, how are you today? I am doing very well. Thank you. Good. Thank you yeah. for doing this in this crazy time of quarantine. My pleasure. Um, honestly, it feels good it to connect something. to somebody. Yes. It, it gives me something to, to do and feel proud of and feel connected to. I think, you know, there's obviously so much connection through social media, but it feels really good to actually talk and have a conversation. So thank you for allowing this space for us. Absolutely. And I have to say, we have something in common. We both have boys named Sunny. I know that. They're all the same. <laughs> so uh, how obsessed is everybody when you tell them what his name is? I'm so obsessed. Yeah. It's the cutest name. Timmy actually thought of it, and it was from um, a Paul Simon song, a lyric from a Paul Simon song. It's like, had a little boy, gonna call him Sonny. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, my husband came up with the name too. My husband's Vince, and he had just always thought that was such a cool name. I don't know if it's like because of the Godfather or what, but... Yeah, I don't know. It It is though. It's so, so, so cute. And it's kind of rare. Yeah. Yeah. So how is he doing? And how old is he now? So he's two and a half. He is doing really well. I mean, he's having, you know, the very typical two-year-old behaviors. It can be hard to get him to do things like to get in the bath, get out of the bath, get dressed, eat dinner, you know, all the things that we want him to do in order to move the schedule along. Like a lot of those things can turn into little battles, which Mm -hmm. can make the day obviously a little bit exhausting. But other than those little control issues, he's Mm -hmm. amazing. He's That's great. He sleeps great, takes a great nap in the middle of the day, brings yes. so much, you know, light and levity to our environment right now. So yeah, he's wonderful. Right. That's good. Well, thank you again for, I know we're going to get a little heavier as we go on, but I just want to thank you for sharing your story with our listeners and with the world. I know this isn't the first time you've, you're going to be talking about what you went through with miscarriage and just parenting in general. So 
I just want to thank you. You know, the reason I started this podcast is because I went through secondary infertility and I just believe that by sharing our stories, like with all the little messy bits, it's so important. And, you know, somebody like you who's in the public eye bringing even more awareness to it, you know, it's probably not as easy because you've got a lot more scrutiny that you're under, but I really thank you so much for like opening your heart and for, you know, sharing what you're about to share. So I appreciate it. I mean, my pleasure. I have found the most pride in what I do when I'm sharing these stories. I have felt the most connected with people that I ever feel. And so it has been really, it's been so amazing for me to be able to share. And yes, it's definitely scary putting it out there because you, for a second, you know, you press send and you don't know what the reaction is going to be if everybody's going to think you're a monster, but you realize that most people are really thinking the same and that is really, really helpful. So yeah. Okay. So if you don't mind, let's start just kind of at the beginning, like as a girl growing up, did you always want to be a mom? Honestly. I feel like in the back of my head, I just knew that that was something that I was going to do, but it wasn't the thing. Like I saw a lot of my friends like dream of being and have a plan to be, you know, like I didn't have that timeline in my head of I'm going to go to college and meet a guy and get pregnant by 25 and, you know, have three by 35. And that, that was never me, but I did envision myself as a mother. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really until Timmy and I got married and had the discussion of when exactly we were going to start trying that I really envisioned myself being a mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did want to ask you about that too. So how did you guys, like, how did you meet? And then when did you know that, you know, you were going to be together and, and start to build a family together? Yeah. So we met actually when I was living in New York filming the city and he was a producer on the show and I was on the show. Okay. I love that show by the way. And the Hills watched (laughs) them all every single episode of both. Oh my God. Thank you. So yeah. funny. We're actually doing reaction videos to the city right now where we're watching it and doing reactions. Oh, like, that's genius. So that's been like so much fun to revisit. Is it um, weird to look back? Oh my God. Beyond, beyond, beyond. It's just so cringy because I'm sitting next to my husband and I'm watching myself date someone and I'm 23 years old and right. like, style is so insane. And I'm, it's just so, it's all crazy. Yeah. Yes. Do you think <laughs> you're going to let Sunny watch these shows someday? I think I will for sure. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine having access to your mom as like a 20 <laughs> something year old and watching her on a reality show, like watching her grow up? That would be so cool. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. But I feel I, like I, you I, always came off as, as really well put together and like you yeah, weren't like a hot mess. Totally. That's the thing is that I've never done anything on the shows that I've been super embarrassed about. So I don't really have anything to hide from him. I mean, he may not want me or he may not want to see me like making out with other guys. Right. (laughs) Other than that, that's as like juicy as it gets for me. Exactly. Um, Exactly. But yeah, so I met Timmy when we were filming the show, but we didn't actually get together until once the show had gotten canceled and I moved back to LA and we dated long distance for six months. And then he was like, I'm just going to come out to LA. I've always wanted to live there. I want to be a producer. I should be there. So he moved in with my two sisters and I, and it was like sister wives. It was so funny. And then like <laughs> long story short, we moved into, we were together probably for about three years before we got married. And then we will be married for five years this 
November. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, once we got married, we had like a year of pretty much just the two of us. Like we weren't, I was on my birth control and we were just enjoying being newlyweds. And right. after a year is when we started to be like, okay, maybe it's time to think about it. So I went off my birth control and it just happened within a couple months. Mm-hmm. And so that's, yeah, that's the story of Sunny. Okay. <laughs> And so that yeah. you didn't really have any issues with him or anything, getting pregnant with him. No, um, I mean, I didn't have, there was, there were no health issues. It was a very, very healthy pregnancy and I got pregnant very easily. I did obviously not love being pregnant. I mean, reason for bringing to life. I love my baby, but I hate my pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty common. Um, I think. Yeah. Like obviously I didn't love the the physical aspect of being pregnant, but everything was fine. And yes, like I said, we conceived very easily. Mm -hmm. And then what about when he was born? How was your birth and everything? My birth was, I think, very simple. Like when it, when it comes down to it, there were no complications. I, my water broke at four o'clock in the morning. I waited to go to the hospital until 2 PM. I distinctly remember someone telling me to eat something before checking into the hospital. Cause once you check in, you can't eat. So mm-hmm. I remember specifically going to the supermarket and just like housing so much food right before I went to the hospital. <laughs> what did you eat? Um, I got, I, they had like an amazing hot foods bar at this market. So I remember getting like orange chicken and brisket and rice and just like, just loading up on protein. And I was Uh like, I don't know what my body is going to need over the next 48 (laughs) hours. So, um, so I loaded up on my protein. I checked into the hospital at 2 PM and then Sunny came at around midnight that evening. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was also like very by the book. Right. Okay. Yeah. Everything was easy and my recovery was easy and I'm very grateful for that. That's great. So from what I read, things that you've written and things you've said on your own podcast, when he was about two, I think you went off birth control, right? And decided to kind of leave it up to fate. Like you weren't, you weren't really trying, but you weren't not trying. Is that? Yeah. I mean, on it, it's so crazy how things move so quickly. Now I can't even remember. I I can't believe that it was when he was two already. Yeah. So, yeah. So when he was around two, yes, Timmy and I decided that we wanted to start thinking about a second child. And that didn't mean like actively trying. It just meant not not trying. So mm-hmm. I went off my birth control cause I had gone, gone back on it after having Sunny and again, got pregnant really quickly. I don't even remember how quickly it happened. I think again, it was like within a couple months. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Vegamore. I'm always trying to do right by my body. So when it comes to my hair and scalp health, finding a product that actually works and is made with clean ingredients always seems like a trade-off. But with Vegamore, I get products that are made with clean ingredients and give me visibly healthy hair and scalp. With Vegamore, I am able to have noticeably thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair, all without the harsh ingredients. Every cute pink bottle of Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Okay, so I got my box of Vegamore products and I've been using them all for the past month. The shampoo, the conditioner, the grow hair serum, the hair foam, the eyelash serum, the eyebrow serum. It's been about a month, like I said, and my hair really does feel stronger and thicker. Everything looks better. And the shampoo in particular, I have to say, smells really good. 
The key is consistency in your routine for your most beautiful, healthy-looking hair. I use Vegamore Grow Hair Serum daily, and my hair and scalp are feeling better than ever. Here's another cool thing. Vegamore has these great value kits, like the Grow Essentials Kit, where you get to try more than one amazing product at a time at great savings. So when you sign up for a monthly subscription, you save more, and you never run low on the products that you need. And fun fact, guys, Vegamore sells one bottle of the Grow Hair Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good this stuff is. So here is the deal, my beautiful listeners. For a limited time, you can get 20% off your first order by going to vegamore.com slash infertileaf and using code infertileaf at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash infertileaf, code infertileaf to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash infertileaf, code infertileaf. Thanks, Vegamore. Um, and what was your reaction when you, did you take a, like an at-home test or something? So I, okay. So I was in New York actually, and we were doing press for the Hills New Beginnings, the new iteration of the Hills. Uh-huh. And I started feeling so sluggish. Like I didn't, I wasn't even at the point where I had remembered missing a period yet. Like this is just how fast this pregnancy hit me. I, wow. I felt so sluggish. I was so nauseous. I didn't know what was going on. In the back of my head, I'm like, oh my God, I totally think I'm pregnant, but I'm so busy right now. I don't even really want to know if I'm pregnant. Like mm-hmm. if I if I know that I'm pregnant, like I don't know that I'll be able to get done everything that I need to get done. Cause like the days were packed and I had so much work. And anyways, I waited till I got home um, to take the pregnancy test. And it was like five days maybe. And I took it and I, I remember feeling, well, I, I saw I was pregnant and I uh-huh. was first relieved that I wasn't like sick for who knows what else reason. Right. But then I was like, oh my God, like one that kind of happened way too fast. Like I wasn't prepared for the not, not trying to really happen as fast as it did. And mm-hmm. I just sort of felt like a little bit numb. Like I felt mm-hmm. like I was supposed to be really excited because this was something that Timmy and I really wanted that, or that we, we said we really wanted to do, but like I was, I was mostly just like, okay, so now this is happening. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, it was more of a, uh, like, it just wasn't super emotional for me. And Mm -hmm. that felt weird. And I felt really guilty about that. Yeah. And I think, has to do with my feelings towards having a second child in general now, which we'll obviously get into, yeah. but I just wasn't thrilled. Yeah. And so I, I was really, I had accepted it though. And so it was about, I think, I mean, the timing is all a little bit shaky for me now, but I remember like around the six week mark, just like not feeling nauseous anymore. Uh-huh. And cause I was nauseous the whole time. And right. uh, I remember being like, wow, this is cool. Like if I could be pregnant and not feel nauseous and sluggish all the time, like I could totally handle this. Like Mm -hmm. this is fine. Did you feel nauseous and sluggish with Sunny? Yes. Very, very much. Okay. Oh yeah, exactly. So I, I was like, I was expecting because I had felt so nauseous and and sluggish was sunny. I had felt that for like 18 months. I was expecting that to happen again, even though people tell you, obviously no two pregnancies are alike. So, Mm -hmm. 
but I was expecting it for it to last for a while. So when it stopped, I was relieved, but I didn't really think anything of it. I just thought, oh, maybe this is just, this is just great. Good news. So then about a week after that is when I noticed the spotting Mm. and I was, we were in Vermont. We were doing this whole like two months of traveling last summer and we were visiting his parents and I was spotting and I was talking to my doctor here in California and I went to the emergency room in Vermont and they basically said to me like, it's not looking good. Oh God. It's so, the the details are, are so, it's so weird how things can be so huge. And then you start to, because they're so emotional, they they start to become really fuzzy, you know? Yeah. I think that's Um, a self-defense mechanism where like your memory just tries to protect you from certain things like that. For sure. For sure. But the moral of the story is that like after a couple visits to the emergency room, because the bleeding just kept getting worse, I, I, we realized that we had lost the, Mm. that it was, it was a miscarriage and that, um, yeah. And so we were in Vermont. And so I was just sort of like bleeding continuously as if Uh I was having a heavy period and Uh we, our flight, we were supposed to come back home and our flight got canceled to come back home. And we decided to go to DC, ended up spending a couple days there. And I was like miscarrying the whole time. Oh, were you in pain? No, I wasn't in pain at all. I it just, it literally felt like a period. And so I, I kind of just went with it because my doctor said, you know, the, you can just keep, uh, un, unless it starts bleeding like a lot, a lot, a lot. And, the, right. and there's clotting, like you can just let it keep happening. Right. Okay. So that's what I did. And then finally I got home and I was like, I, this is too long of bleeding. Like I want this to be done. I can't really deal with this loss of control anymore. I don't want this to just happen on its own. Cause I went to the doctor and they were like, you know, either you can keep just letting it happen on its own yeah. and you'll start to feel cramping and it will be like a really heavy period and you'll lose it. Or you can have this procedure, the DNC and we'll yeah. get it done with. So I decided to just get the DNC. Cause I was like, I don't know. I don't know how long this could take and I right. don't want to feel that pain. And I just really want this to be over with. Yeah. A couple things, if you don't mind, like unpacking it a little bit more. So first of all, had you guys told anybody, like were you, you said you were with family in Vermont or did people know what was going on? Yeah. Like I had only told very few people that I was pregnant, but I, I was telling my family what was going on. Yeah. I was telling the people that knew that definitely felt good. I just remember like when it all started happening and I talked to, I've talked about this on my podcast and mm-hmm. it feels, it still feels very, you know, crazy to say it, but when it all started happening, like I wasn't as bad as I thought I should be. Right. And I think that was just because I was kind of back in control now. Like I, things were as I knew it and I didn't have to plan for new and I didn't have to limit myself and I didn't feel the need to be pulled in so many different directions. And I don't know, I was just relieved that this kind of new responsibility was taken off my plate. Yeah, completely. And that feels crazy because there, it feels crazy for me to say, it feels crazy for me to feel just because there are so many people who 
you know, can't get pregnant that would do anything obviously in order to get pregnant. And, um, I feel like I really took it for granted and that it feels yeah. wrong. Yeah. Well, I think that that's super brave and honest of you to admit that because I don't think a lot of people do admit when, you know, you said that you felt you were at like a high stress time in your life. And in another story that you'd written about this, you said that you felt better when you learned that you weren't pregnant and you struggled to reckon with what that relief said about me as a person and a mom. Right. And you were afraid to share those thoughts with your husband, which I thought was so great of you to admit that because, you know, it's it's honest and it's not necessarily, there's no right or wrong. I mean, it's yeah. what happened to you and it's how you felt, but I can see what you're saying. Like you felt maybe a little worried about judgment from people that are having a hard time having a baby, but I just want to commend you on admitting that because I think it really, honesty is never going to be the wrong answer, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, that's what I realized. This was one of the hardest things for me to put out there and for me to say, because it felt so selfish and I was just so scared that I was going to get so much hate and so much backlash. And Mm -hmm. granted, there were some people like that were not as sensitive to it, but Mm -hmm. I understand and they have their own stories and are completely valid in feeling certain angers towards my story. Like that is acceptable. But yes, this was a really hard thing for me. I remember sitting in the car on the way to the hospital crying and Timmy just being like, are you so like, are uh, like, how are you feeling right now? Are you just like so upset? I can't remember exactly how he asked me. And I was like, I'm, I'm more just like scared about what's happening to my body. Like I'm more scared. Like I, I don't like not knowing what's going on in there. I don't like going to the hospital. It was all this, like, it was more just the environment that was scary. And I, and then that's when I was like, I have to admit to you, it's not because I'm so heartbroken that, that this is happening. Yeah. What did he say to that? He, he understood. I remember him. I remember, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I remember in some way him letting me off the hook for it. Mm -hmm. And then me feeling like I can actually be open with him about it. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I think it's interesting too that, you know, you said that you were worried like what was going on inside your body. That's such an interesting way of thinking about it because it is, it's like something is wrong in your body or like something's going wrong and that's yes. scary. Yes, exactly. And you don't know, you don't know if it's just going to be like a routine thing or not. And right. that's what, yeah. that's scary. Another thing that you said at some point was that it kind of rocked you to your core. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? I mean, I think that that just goes back to how I was feeling about the actual What was going on in your body. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think that that was how, was like, oh my gosh, this really makes me think about myself and what I really want and what I really need and what's, how much am I sacrificing for other people? Mm -hmm. So it just made me think about other bigger things Mm -hmm. and yeah, and really hit me. And I think has made me a little bit scared to get pregnant again, because I like I know I, I it's like I know I want Sunny to have a sibling like I picture that I I visualize it right mm-hmm. but the thought of going through it again and 
the pregnancy and then the first couple of years and, and then the balancing of it all, it just, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like life is too short. Like, and I do feel really selfish and I feel like I, I love the way my life is right now. Like why complicate anything, anything further? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that is what really, what shook me to my core and what really made me think about what I actually really, really want for my future. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good question. I want to back up just a tiny bit and ask like, were you and your husband grieving differently and did it have any like effect on your relationship? Like sometimes these kinds of things, like a trauma brings people together. Sometimes it like tears people apart in little ways. Like how did you guys deal with the miscarriage as a couple? I think if anything, it brought us closer together. I mean, I think that he, how he cared for me and how there emotionally he was for me was really amazing. And I think the, the, the part sometimes where, where there do feel like little tears are when we talk about the second kid and he, I know really, really wants a second kid Mm -hmm. and I don't know, you know? And so I think that that is, that's where little fractures start to happen. But in terms of, in terms of the miscarriage, we, you know, we got through that and I think we're stronger than before. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing you said that I thought was so relatable was that, you know, you said a lot of your friends had had miscarriages. And in fact, there was even one friend that was like, yeah, that happened to me. And you had kind of like forgotten about that. Not that that makes you like a bad friend, but it just goes to show kind of when you're in it or when you're not in it and somebody else is, sometimes it's hard to understand, I guess, the gravity of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, like like totally. It didn't really hit me about how, how many of my friends actually went through this that I knew of. It didn't really hit me like, wow, this is what they were going through until I went through it. And that mm-hmm. feels, I do, that makes me feel kind of like a shitty friend, you mm-hmm. know, because like, you know, miscarriage is inherently like a very emotionally uh, intense time, but yeah, it wasn't until I actually went through it and realized how much it took over my whole being that I, you know, like reached out to those friends that I knew had and was like, wow, I can't believe that you went through this or went through this multiple times. And I'm sorry, I wasn't there for you. Yeah. But it's also, you know, one of those things that is still such, it, it is such an individual journey. And it's also very dependent on who you're talking to. Some people require, you know, a lot of sympathy and want to talk about it. And some people really want to keep it in and don't feel the need to embellish it or make it something that it's not. So, you know, everybody has to have their own journey with it and there's no right way to go through it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important. Thank you for saying that. So I know that, you know, you've shared on your podcast, you had the episode called I Had a Miscarriage, which I thought was great that you did that. And you've also shared other things about being a mom, like you had trouble at one point with breastfeeding. And you've said that like sharing all of that kind of helped you heal and grow as a person. So tell me if you don't mind just a little bit more about that, like how is sharing your story kind of opened it up to other people and them sharing their stories with you? I think really what it has done, it has diminished the amount of negative self-talk I have for myself because Mm. 
the more I put things out there that I'm feeling uncomfortable about, the more people are telling me this is how they feel too. So then when I find myself getting really down on myself and feeling insecure about something, I say to myself, Whitney, like you're not alone in this. You Mm -hmm. aren't a bad person for feeling this way. There are so many other people out there that feel this way and stop talking to yourself like that because you're chipping away your self-esteem and that is and affecting the kind of wife you are, the kind of mom you are. So, so tell me, you guys are still kind of, you know, in terms of what's next, like not to put any pressure on you whatsoever, yeah, no, of but course, you know, you're, are you still kind of trying to figure it out, right? Is that where you are right now with things? Yeah, we're still figuring it out. I mean, I'm, we're not actively trying to get pregnant, but we, yeah, but we aren't not. So it's not, we're still, we're still kind of in the up in the air phase where Mm -hmm. the majority of me really does want it and wants it just, just to happen without me having the control over it. You know, Mm -hmm. I think just like putting it out there, releasing it into fate and into the world and letting whatever is meant to happen, happen feels Mm -hmm. good to me. Yeah. But yeah, we're not like proactively trying. Okay. And is there anything else that you might want to say to the listeners who, you know, are appreciating your story about either going through miscarriage or just the guilt that we feel as women and the like, how hard we are on ourselves sometimes, like things that you've learned about that? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say is that it's so hard. I mean, it's, it's just so hard not to have the guilt. Like it's almost impossible not to have it. It's something like hardwired in us. And I think it's just like I was saying before, having a mantra, you know, for yourself and really quieting that negative self-talk and instead really celebrating the wins that you have, I think is important and like actually physically celebrating them. So if you do something that works great with your kid, he finally ate something you want him to eat or you, you got a, you know, a certain amount of milk or you reach some sort of milestone, like do like a physical, like fist pump or like high five beer or something. And that it's, it's true. It's like, I was told by this doctor, like doing that kind of physical cheer for yourself releases dopamine, which makes you happy. And I think being mindful of those wins, as opposed to like feeling guilty for all the other stuff. And also just knowing that like the guilt is just, it is going to happen, but try to tell your, try to talk yourself down from it as yeah. you can. And I think too, just like not judging others. It's like, we're all, we all have our own path and we all have yes. our own story. And like, as women, I think in general, we just need to be more supportive of everyone's individual choices. And if you decide to have another kid, great. If you don't, I completely understand from what you just said. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I feel like not, you know, not judging others, but mostly not judging yourself. Yeah. The most important thing and like giving yourself a break and, you know, just hugging yourself sometimes. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Whitney. And Whitney, thank you again for taking the time out of your crazy busy schedule. Guys, make sure to check out WhitneyPort.com. She's got a lot of really cool content on her blog. It's like lifestyle stuff, beauty, fashion, of course, mom stuff, 
some videos and also check out her podcast, which is called With Wit. So thanks again for listening. I hope you guys are having an amazing National Infertility Awareness Week and I will talk to you next time. Bye.